Welcome to the Nutrigenomic Nation podcast with Brian Highfield, certified nutritionist, author, speaker, and founder of multiple successful companies in the health world. Brian is known for educating healthcare professionals and others on improving their health and their life through breakthroughs in nutrition, technology, and biochemistry. On the podcast, Brian interviews thought leaders in the world of nutrition and natural health. He and his guests share the secrets of a whole life natural approach to health and the life-altering results you can get by making easy changes to your diet and daily routine. Well, welcome to Nutrigenomic Nation, where we talk about nutritional-based healthcare technology and emerging trends related to your genetic health. So we want to welcome everybody to today's episode. We have with us a very special guest. We have Dr. Tom Cowan. So Dr. Tom Cowan, he's been, um, uh, for 35 years, he has had a general medical practice and has given countless lectures and workshops on a variety of topics related to health and medicine. He has also written several books, including many Amazon bestsellers. So welcome, Dr. Cowan, to our program. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show here. Absolutely. So first off, we want to get to know you a little bit. So why did you choose healthcare as a career and how did you get started? I grew up uh, in a family of uh, my father and grandfather were dentists. A lot of their friends were doctors and I didn't like it and didn't want anything to do with it. So I tried to figure out what else to do and I joined the Peace Corps and uh, heard about the work of Weston Price and Rudolf Steiner. And it hit me that the kind of doctor that I didn't want to be was not the only kind of doctor there was. And that made me uh, become very interested in the, in the field, especially in the beginning with food and, and <clears throat> the fact that turns out that there were a lot healthier people than there are now. Uh, we're basically kind of a degenerate you know, uh, species or subspecies or whatever you call it. I heard somebody the other day call us uh, Homo sapien domesticus fragilis, uh, which means we're domesticated and fragile. And that's not the normal situation. And so once I figured that out, I could study, you know, how do people get healthy and what happens and and then I came across a whole lot of strange things over the years. And for whatever reason, it seems my, to be my job to write about that the heart doesn't pump the blood and genetics has nothing to do with cancer or anything else for that matter. Um, uh, viruses don't cause disease. And the whole thing is basically cattywampus, as they say. Now, you've stated that you found concepts on, I think you mentioned some there, uh, some concepts of medicine that are radically different than what we've been taught in school. Um, what are some other examples of those personal discoveries that you've had that have just go counter to what we've, the, the, the main way we've thought for decades? I mean, those are some main ones. And the one that's most, in, you know, sort of up right now is, the idea that bacteria or viruses cause disease. And the fact of the matter is, as shocking as it was for me to find out this, and as shocking it is for people to hear, there is literally no experimental evidence that proves that isolated bacteria or virus cause disease. And in fact, this goes all the way back to Pasteur, who you know, he was one of the first to be a proponent of the germ theory. The germ theory means you know, you take an animal who's sick, say with anthrax, 
And then you can actually take out the anthrax bacteria from that sick animal because you do find bacteria in sick people or sick animals. Uh, and then he purified them as any normal human being would do to find out if that's the cause. In other words, if you want to find out whether caffeine in coffee beans causes high blood pressure, the first step you have to do is take out only the caffeine, right? You can't give somebody just coffee beans. Otherwise, it's a useless experiment. So he took out the bacteria, injected that into various animals, none got sick. Wow. Uh, and then he did it with uh, over the next 40 years with a lot of other types of bacteria and a lot of other animal models. None of them got sick, even though he lied about it, but it, he wrote a diary and he said, I couldn't make any animal sick. So what he did was very interesting. He would mix the bacteria with things like arsenic and he would essentially culture it with arsenic and carbolic acid and other poisons. Then he would expose the animals to it and then they got sick. And then he said, see, I proved that germs mm -hmm. make us sick. Although apparently on his deathbed, he recanted and said, germs don't do anything and it's only the situation of the person. And that then became the virus theory because they had diseases that they couldn't uh, find the bacteria like polio. And so they would, they tried, they, at that point they couldn't isolate the virus. So they just gave people ground up brains basically. And even that wouldn't make an animal sick. And then finally they figured they could take the ground up brains and filter it, inject it into the brain of an animal, about a half a cup. They didn't do a control, so they don't know what happens if you just injected saline into an animal's brain. Probably nothing good, as I say. And that proved that viruses cause disease. And if you buy that, I, you know, as they say, I have some swampland in Florida that you may be interested <laughs> in because it's basically a crock. Now you, you talk about some of these things in your book, the, the contagion myth. I mean, is there other, I mean, those are fascinating findings. Are, are there any, anything else you talk about in the book that would be surprising to our listeners? I mean, I hope everything would be surprising because I, I, you know, I, when I came into, and I was, you know, a normal guy growing up in suburban Detroit, I happened to be a really good basketball player and a golfer. Uh, I mean, that's my background, <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, I was good in science, you know, not great, but you know, good enough. Um, and the only thing is, I like to say that because I ended up thinking that uh, my father and his friends didn't actually know much. And I think that was a huge gift to me because these people who were you know, supposed to be authority figures, right? You know, you're supposed to look up to them. I, I realized early on, they didn't know squat. <laughs> and, and so I didn't grow up thinking that people in authority actually are right. I mean, it's possible they're right, but yeah. just because they are, I didn't believe that. So, you know, I started looking, you know, I have to prove it for myself. And, you know, I, you, you, try to prove a whole lot of things and a lot of them are in the book and a lot of them are in the other books like i don't believe that blocked arteries cause heart attacks and mind you 
as I say, I didn't make any of this stuff up. The biggest study that's ever been done on that subject, a guy named Giorgio Baroldi, an Italian pathologist who studied on autopsy, people who died of heart attacks. And he said exactly 41% of them have any evidence of plaque at all. And of those 41% who have evidence of a blockage in the, area, in the artery leading to that part of the heart that died, half of the blockages come after the heart attack, not before. So if you can still do math, which unfortunately most doctors can't, that means 80% of heart attacks, there is no evidence of any plaque at all. So what, what happened to them? I mean, that, those are just, you know, the facts, well-published, well-documented. Well There's never been a study that shows bypasses or stents do anything for people. Uh, and so that means that a therapy based on unblocking plaque doesn't actually work. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you can move on to, uh, you know, cancer is a genetic disease or any genetic disease. I mean, like, think about this. In, in my residency in medical training, right, so I'm a regular medical doctor, or at least I was, I've retired now. Uh, we were told that you get this gene mutations and then you get sick, period, right? That's how mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. Well, let's take the, the classic example of a gene mutation causing sickness. The most classic example is sickle cell anemia right? You've mm -hmm. probably heard of that. Yeah. They have a genetic mutation which causes a deformity of their red blood cells. The red blood cells that because they're deformed, they clog up in your joints and make your joints painful and swollen. That's called a sickle cell crisis, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we all are told. That gene causes disease. So in all my training, you know, because it was in Michigan, basically, so it wasn't in Africa, and then we're told that, that this mutation is adaptive because it, it helps you not get malaria, right? Everybody knows that. Every high school biology student knows that. So here's a question I could ask you. So the only person I ever saw with sickle cell crisis was 23. I asked him, how was your health before this? He said, totally fine. I said, what happened? He said, I don't know. I just was going along and then I got, so here's my question. If he had this genetic disease from birth, how come he was fine for 23 years? You know what the answer is? What? I don't know, <laughs> but I know it's not his genes. Yeah. Because he had the same genes and then we gave him some ibuprofen and then he got better and then he was fine again. Now here's another thing, and, and this is a little bit uncorroborated, but I've seen one study done by Walter Reed, right? Mm -hmm. Famous Walter Reed, Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, so he was interested in studying malaria because a lot of the US soldiers in places like Panama and places were getting malaria. So he goes down there and the theory is Malaria is transmitted by mosquitoes, right? Everybody knows that. Okay. So you have somebody with uh, malaria and they have this organism in their blood and the mosquitoes suck it out and then they go to somebody else and they bite somebody else and transfer the, the organism, right? Mm -hmm. 
Now the background of this was, I remember my grandfather who was basically an alcoholic, although he was a good guy. He used to drink about a liter of vodka a day. Wow. And he used to show us that the mosquitoes wouldn't bite him. He would hold his arm out and mosquitoes would go bang, 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 and then they'd fly away because apparently mosquitoes don't like vodka. <laughs> because I think about half his blood was probably vodka. Um, so anyways, they do this experiment where they take a bunch of salt. So they go down to Panama and there's very little malaria. And they say, oh, it's not a big problem. And then they start spraying for mosquitoes, uh, like arsenic. Next thing you know, they've got a lot of malaria. Uh, and why? I think it was because it was arsenic poisoning. Uh, and so then they do an experiment. They take soldiers who have malaria, right? So they have the quote organism mm -hmm. and they put their hand in a box and they put some mosquitoes in there and seal the box. And you know what happens? The mosquitoes won't bite their arm. Why don't they, why won't the mosquitoes bite their arm? My theory is because they read the contagion myth and, <laughs> and mosquitoes are smart and they realize that that there's something wrong with these people's blood. It's got some poison in it. And I'm not drinking that because I might mm. get sick. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. If a mosquito won't bite somebody with malaria, then how the heck could it transfer to somebody else? Right. And so the whole thing is a huge house of cards, which if actually anybody bothers to do experimental evidence would find out it's all just nonsense and yet we all believe it because we were under a spell yeah and you talked about you know growing up just not not believing people in authority because they're you know they're proven to be wrong in, in, in a lot of cases and so you you've kind of asked these questions that are counter to what most people believe and finding obviously evidence against that and, and that kind of ties into a, a theme that we have uh, on this show where people rely, they put all their trust in, in their medical doctor to that they're, they're going to cure them, heal them, you know, for whatever the disease they get. And what would you change about how people look at their health and that model? Well, first of all, I wouldn't go to a doctor. You know, let me give you some examples. People come to me, or used to come to me, I, I have to keep changing, and they used to come to me, and one of the things they would say is, I'm coming to you because my doctor doesn't know the cause of my disease. Now, you have to know this about me. I'm, I'm a little bit of a smart aleck, <laughs> and maybe even a lot of a smart aleck, so you just have to bear with me. So I would say to them, what disease does he know the cause of? Think about it. Rheumatoid arthritis? No. Heart disease? No. Except he thinks it's from eating too much fat, even though, interestingly, in 1920, when there was almost no heart disease, the main health foods were butter, eggs, and, and cream. Right. So the only time they think they know the cause, it turns out they're wrong. What about cancer? No. Nope. What about strep throat? Well, they think that's from a bacteria, but it turns out bacteria in nature just eat dead and dying tissue. And nobody thinks maggots kill the dog. And nobody thinks, uh, if you do a study, they do think this, but 
You do a study and take out the strep and inoculate them onto somebody else, they don't get sick. Mm. So he's wrong about that. Uh, so the fact of the matter is they don't know any time when, you know, the cause of your disease. Why should this be any different? Not only that, if you think that, well, because there's a consensus of medicine about something, it must be true. I mean, remember who are the main pushers of cigarette smokes, were the cigarette smoking, sorry, mm -hmm. were doctors. The doctors were saying x-rays were safe. In fact, 50, 60 years ago, people fit their shoes by standing on an x-ray right. machine, right? Yeah. And that's because the doctors said x-rays are safe. X-ray uh, doctors said thalidomide was safe for, for pregnant women to treat mild and moderate nausea. Turns out they have, uh, it causes brain de uh, birth defects. And, and I could probably run down about 20 of those where the entire consensus of the medical community was flat out wrong. And they never admit they're wrong. They just move on mm -hmm. and hope you don't remember. Like they never said, well, now we figured out fat doesn't cause heart disease. They just kind of move on and say, well, it's inflammation or it's, you know, who knows? You know, they, we had a war. I wrote a whole book on the war on cancer because cancer is su supposedly a genetic disease. And then they transfer gene, you know, the nucleus where the genes are into, into healthy tissue. It doesn't, doesn't cause cancer. Third, 50 years of this war with trillions and trillions of dollars and the best study of the benefit of, the, of chemotherapy for treating cancer by the Australian government, 2.1% improvement. Now, mm. if you had a toilet paper company and I invested $50 trillion to improve the kind of toilet paper you made, and after 50 years, Brian, you said, Tom, I got a new kind of toilet paper. It works a teeny bit better than the last <laughs> one. I'd say, what the hell? You know, I gave yeah. you $50 trillion and all I got was a toilet paper that smells a little better. I mean, <laughs> Instead of two-ply, they had 2.2-ply. That's it. Yeah, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. And, and all we're told is give us another trillion and we'll figure this out. The problem is they have no conception of life. Uh, they, they have this uh, ridiculous theory that human beings are made out of substance only, which even the physicists don't think that. They think we're made of particles or waves, and it depends whether you look at it and how a particle or a wave made of basically nothing makes a foot or a chair is anybody's guess as far as I can see. The whole thing is based on nonsense. It's a spell. So what, uh, I mean, we've we're living in a modern world where there's all this energy around us. I mean, everybody's got Wi-Fi in their house. Um, you know, there's been advances in um, wireless communication, and we've got microwave beams, towers all around us, things like that. And that certainly has had an impact on our health. I mean, what, what are some of the potential impacts of that technology? So we're basically made by, out of structured water. The DNA is embedded in structured water, the structured water that makes up our cells. And when I say that, I mean, if you look at a tissue, uh, we're told it's 70% water, right? And, mm -hmm. and so if you ask which form is it in, uh, 
that's what I asked him medically. Is it ice? No. Is it steam? No. So it must be liquid. So in other words, if I poke you with a pin, you're going to squirt water out. <laughs> right? Yeah. Except that doesn't happen. I used to be an ER doctor. I saw people bayoneted and shot. You know how many people I saw squirting water out of their body? None. Even though we're told it's 70% water. It's because the water is in the form of a gel, like jello. And if you poke jello, it doesn't squirt out. And that gel is the receiver for all these things you're talking about. Thoughts, feelings, chemicals, hormones. It organizes the DNA. It creates a charge. It makes us living beings. And if you put microwaves or you put your cell phone or wireless next to a gel, it will melt it and it become liquid by about 15% immediately. And that means you will be sick. And I don't mean that maybe you'll be sick. I mean, if you use wireless devices, if you're exposed to millimeter waves, you will get sick. It's just a matter of how much and, and when. And uh, you can believe me or not, but that's clearly what the studies show. So we're in an existential crisis right now. We're either going to roll out even more of these millimeter waves, which is, you know, how does a microwave oven work? It works by heating the water molecules, right? Mm -hmm. That's how it heats up your coffee. So it's going to heat all the water molecules in your body, which is 99.9% .9 of the molecules are water molecules. You never hear one thing about water in medical school or any residency. Doctors know nothing about water. They don't even know what form it's in. And now we have a technology that's essentially melting your water. And if you think anybody out there that you can do that safely, you are delusional. Wow. And, and so here's a question. I just kind of formulated this in my head. I had a different question for you, but based on our conversation here, let's say that um, you were asked to speak to, to some people that are concerned about their health. And what, what would be the, the main points you would give them if their main concern is preventing, you know, staying healthy as long as possible, preventing any future disease in their body? What would be some of your main points and, or instructions for them? So, A, read nourishing traditions diets so you know what to eat, so you're not starving. And B, stop poisoning yourself. And then I could give you a list of glyphosate, you know, aluminum, uh, vaccines, pharmaceutical drugs, statin drugs, EMF, wireless devices, dirty electricity. I mean, you could go down a list and, you know, the more of those you do, the more sick you're going to get. So don't do them. I mean, it's not like rocket science here. It's like if somebody comes to me and says, I got a headache. And you say, why? You say, well, my wife bangs me with a hammer for 20 minutes a day in my head. You would say, stop getting banged in the head with a hammer. You know, I mean, we should, like, we need some common sense here. If I'm right, and I have a, a, a ton of experimental evidence that A, we're made of organized water, uh, B, that microwave and other electromagnetic fields melt your water, and, as, and if you put glyphosate in it, it unstructures the water, 
then your only choice is not to do that. Awesome. I mean, so it's pretty, pretty simple. Just because people say, well, that's hard to do or I don't want to do it. I mean, fine. You don't want to do it, then get sick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you want from me? <laughs> I mean, seriously, th this is a, this is like a two-year-old. I don't want to go outside because, you know, right? I mean, what are you going to say? Mm -hmm. And if that's the level of maturity, which unfortunately it is, you know, I don't want to live like that. Fine, we'll get cancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't mean to be so abrupt here, but I do. Yeah, there's consequences to the choices yeah. that we make all the time. Right. right. So get over it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's I'm great not here to coddle people anymore. Yeah. We got to the situation right now, 2020, right today. It's what? December 7th. I don't know what day it is. Yep. Uh, where if we don't figure this out and quick, and I mean in the next two months, this is not going well. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anybody out there has noticed. But this situation we're in is not going well. There's going to be millions and millions of people who are going to get starved and poisoned. And yep. you better not think, you know, some people say, well, Tom, you should give us hope. And I say hope is for suckers. <laughs> uh, because if you hope for the best, you're not going to do anything. Right? I'm not mm -hmm. sitting here hoping for the best. I'm, I, you know, first step, get rid of your wireless devices. You know, second step, don't eat food that's got poison in it. Don't drink water that has poison in it. And, you know, the, all the details of that you can work out in my book and other places. So speaking of that, where, where can our audience go to learn more about some of these topics? I mean, you have several best-selling books. Where, where, they, where can they find them? Go to Get the Contagion Myth. That's the newest one. That's where we're talking about the situation right now, what to eat, what, to, what kind of water to drink, how to, you know, all about wireless stuff and EMFs and, you know, I mean, because there, is, there are things you can do. I'm not saying there aren't things you can do. I, I would say, on the other hand, that, uh, you know, Ivan Illich had a great concept of, of I may blank on the word now, but um, yeah, I'm blanking on the word. But he, me he means things that you can't do anything about individually. Mm. In other words, if somebody's spraying uh, chemicals and aluminum in the air, you can't have an umbrella and think you're going to be okay. That becomes a collective problem. And so that's why I speak about these things, because I can't solve the wireless problem no matter what I do by myself, right? That's right. not how it works. And if everybody is spraying glyphosate, which is water-soluble, and it gets into the air and comes down in the rain, it doesn't matter what I do with my compost pile, because your glyphosate is poisoning me. So... You know, but this is, we're, it's an extremely immature culture we live in. We, we are a culture of make-believe. We make-believe it's okay. And it's not. Yeah. Yeah. 
people need to take responsibility and there's consequences to these decisions that we make every single day. I think it's, it's something to think about. Uh, where, do you have a website, Dr. Cowan? Is there a place where people can go and learn more about you? Yeah, it's drtomcowan.com, D-R-T-O-M-C-O-W-A-N.com. Awesome. Well, great. Well, we're, we're out of time. This has been an, an awesome discussion. We have learned a lot. Uh, in this, and uh, I'm sure there's more, uh, a lot more detail in uh, uh, Dr. Cowan's books that he mentioned on here, especially the latest one, The Contagion Myth. So from all of us at Nutrigenomic Nation, I hope you enjoyed our discussion today, and we hope you join us next time when we discuss another topic related to your good health. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you again, Dr. Cowan. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.